The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we plunge into a vision of the future that may feel more akin to a dystopian thriller than our current reality. Picture this, a world where personal ownership is obsolete. Every step you take is under surveillance, and freedom is merely a fading echo from the past. While this may sound like a novelist's grim fantasy, it's a haunting reality being championed by global elites known as the Great Reset. But what is the Great Reset? Is it merely a trendy catchphrase? Or does it carry an agenda poised to redefine the very fabric of our society? Joining us this evening is the fearless Mark Morano, best-selling author renowned for his unapologetic stance on climate change. In his latest expose, The Great Reset, Global Elites, and the Permanent Lockdown, Morano delves deep, unveiling the strategic moves of the world's most influential figures. He doesn't spin tales of fiction, but reveals a shocking reality that's swiftly materializing before us. Our world stands at a critical juncture. The Great Reset is more than a mere global strategy. It's a grand design, aiming to dictate everything from our property rights to our daily choices. As this monumental shift looms, it's paramount that we arm ourselves with knowledge and discernment. Tonight, we won't just scratch the surface. We aim to unearth the hidden mechanisms, expose the shadowy architects, and shed light on the insidious methods propelling this agenda. Prepare yourself, as this isn't merely an interview, it's a revelation. As we embark on this journey, remember that knowledge is power. Armed with the insights we'll share tonight, you'll be better equipped to navigate our evolving world, discern fact from fiction, and make informed decisions about our collective future. This conversation promises to reshape your understanding of today's world and ignite a desire to critically assess the forces molding our tomorrow. Stay tuned. Mark Morano's revelations on The Great Reset are coming up next. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. Discover the Veritas Digest series on Amazon. Multiple volumes, each unveiling the truths they don't want you to know. It's more than just reading. It's an awakening. Secure your copies today. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. His latest book is titled The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. His website is climatedepot.com, his Twitter at Climate Depot. And make sure that when you buy the book, it's the one with the red dot, directly from Washington, D.C., or close, the belly of the beast. My special guest today is Mark Morano. Mark, welcome to Veritas. Thank you very much, Mel. Happy to be here. Yes, uh, my book's got the red cover. It got a foreword by Sebastian Gorka. Not to be confused with the Glenn Beck book or the Alex Jones book by the same title, The Great Reset. Uh, my subtitle is Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Thanks for having me on. 
My pleasure. Well, first of all, you are unapologetic about climate change, and so are we here. And I just before we begin with the Great Reset, is COVID. What led you to the second book? Yes. What led me actually to the, well, the second book, yes, The Great Reset uh, actually had been around for years and actually, I mean, it had actually been around for a hundred plus years in the United States. But what led me to The Great Reset was March of 2020. Uh, that's when the entire, I think the whole red pilling of, I don't know, 30, 40% of the global population occurred because everyone knew there were whole designs like, uh, things like the new world order, the deep state, but it was all still very theoretical. They knew economically countries were getting worse. They knew power was being centralized. They knew, like in the United States, for instance, they knew there was a GOP establishment that was tone deaf and that explained the rise of Donald Trump unexpectedly because he spoke to that. You could even argue that's what drove Bernie Sanders. In fact, they've done surveys like in Iowa. I can't remember the exact number, but huge percentage of Bernie Sanders voters voted for him in 2016 and then switched around in the general and voted for Donald Trump. So they really are one of that same coin. It's against the sort of ruling class. But March of 2020 is what brought me to the Great Reset. I watched in horror, and as many of fellow conservatives, libertarians, free marketers, accepted the premise of the public health bureaucracy and the need for lockdowns. I, I You go back, I believe I was on with Ezra Levant, Rebel News, in March. I want to say it was like March 9th of 2020. And I laid out all my objections then, long before, well, not long before, but just before Donald Trump declared the emergency, just before Donald Trump got duped with two weeks to flatten the curve. At any rate, just to, we can get a little deeper into that, but just to, to simplify my answer to you, what happened was I watched in horror they basically scared the public enough to get them to accept endless lockdowns. Donald Trump signed the executive order, the, the emergency declaration on COVID, which allowed mayors, governors, and then, of course, Joe Biden to be dictators overnight, mandating the most consequential decisions of our lifetime without one ounce of democracy. And I just I still get chills when I think about this. I mean, they shut down churches. They shut down schools, businesses. You had governor's issues, stay at home orders. You had medical procedures canceled. You had weddings and funerals canceled. You had mask mandates. You had stay at home orders. You had the lockdowns. You had vaccine mandates. And the vaccine mandates, of course, came later. But all of that without one ounce of democracy. So that was bad enough. But here's the red pilling that really got me. The climate establishment was at first jealous, and then they wanted to get all in on the same tactics. There are the immediate reaction of the climate establishment, and I, and I capitalize this in the book, was climate activist Jamie Margolis, who's a teen Vogue climate activist, and she's testified on Capitol Hill. She's been at the rally. She's been there with Greta Thunberg. Her quote explains it all. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think it's almost a verbatim quote. If we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same thing to fight climate change. That's when it hit me that this was a whole new ballgame. And John Kerry at the time said COVID and climate are interchangeable. They're two, they're, the, the parallels are, quote, screaming at us. 
And he had the same thought. And so what I realized was climate is not going to go back to its old, you know, worried about polar bears or Florida underwater in 100 years. They saw what immediate, bipartisan, widespread fear can get the public to do, and they wanted in on it. So the World Economic Forum in June, just two, two, three months after the March, March lockdowns, global lockdowns, their president, Klaus Schwab, came out and said, now is the time for a great reset, this time in the name of climate change. And he even had a book that popped out at the same time. So it's almost like, wow, did he really write a book in two and a half months from the time <laughs> that we had the lockdowns to, to uh, you know, his book being published? But there it was. And that's what the birth me. And I realized then at that point, this was a whole new game. No longer were we going to be arguing over carbon taxes or cap and trade. Instead, the most consequential decisions would follow the same template as COVID in climate. And if you look, they are doing incredibly well in getting this agenda. We have the collapse of our energy, the collapse of our transportation, our freedom of movement, the collapse of our food supply they're working on right now, uh, which is going to restrict food and raise prices, softening us up to accept eating insects and um, and uh, and eating lab-grown meat. Uh, that Bill Gates and Richard Branson have, have invested billions of dollars in. Uh, and of course, it goes after misinformation. And then what I further realized, and I'll end my long senatorial soliloquy here, is that the, uh, that the template of declaring an emergency was the way for them to go, and they needed to get climate as part of the public health establishment. And this was the most incredible. There was always, you know, there had always been background of this, but it, the acceleration after March of 2020, Harvard, uh, Harvard Medical School, the journal Nature, climate activists from across the board, major establishment, corporate newspapers and media all came out promoting the idea with all the sciencey sounding computer models. Unchecked climate change leads to more viruses. Ergo, climate is a public health threat. And that's where they went with it. And now if you don't support the Green New Deal or you know, banning gas powered cars, you are a grandma killer. That's how this whole thing has evolved. And it's incredible to me when you look at what they've done, everything from even the plastic straws, there was no vote on banning that. Look at the gas powered cars. That was done through an executive order by Gavin Newsom. California Air Resources Board follows up with that, unelected bureaucrats. 22 states have trigger laws that go along with it. The Biden administration is so enamored with the gas-powered car ban, they're doing it statutorily through the EPA without a vote of Congress. Can you imagine a vote in Congress? Hear ye, hear ye, we're going to have hearings and town halls and a vote on banning the gas-powered car. It would never in three million years pass the United States Congress. Not going to happen not going to pass the Senate. They know that. They'll never allow these kind of decisions for a vote. So what do they do instead? They work with the World Bank. The World Bank tells uh, automakers they're not going to finance gas-powered cars. You have corporate banks now saying they're not going to give out car loans for people who buy gas-powered cars. You have cities in Colorado, California, banning the creation of new gas stations. Uh, so what does all that mean? It means they're there, even if you still have a gas-powered car, you're going to have gas shortages, gas station shortages. You're going to have trouble financing it. The automakers are going to have trouble making it. 
it was a thing of beauty to watch. And when I say beauty, I mean a thing that, you know, Joseph Stalin in a five-year plan or Mao Zedong in his planning of, you know, the great leap forward in China. This is the stuff they would marvel at. And this happened in our modern world in an allegedly freedom-loving country. And this is where we are right now. I mean, it's, so the same thing's now happening in food. John Kerry has announced they're coming after agriculture, high-yield fertilizer, nitrogen. They're coming after methane, which means meat eating. And the goal isn't necessarily to make so people can't eat or eat meat. The idea is to make rationing. They're going to ration vehicles a la Cuba a la East Germany. Remember, the East German Trabant was the only official car you could get sanctioned by the East German communist government. Guess what? The electric car is the only official sanctioned car by the United States government now, not the legislative branch, but the executive, which has usurped the legislative. So that's where we are. And that's what was eye-opening to me. And that's what led me to essentially go back and look at the entire climate movement and see where it was headed. And that's why I wrote The Great Reset, two chapters devoted exclusively to how they're going to use climate on this. But I also go heavily into COVID. I go into the big tech censorship. Key part of this whole thing is corporate government collusion, ESG, et cetera, which we can talk about later. I'll never forget when in the early 80s, I told my parents I was buying a Yugo vehicle and they said, over our dead bodies, they escaped from communism. So I know exactly where you're coming from. I've been smelling this for decades and I've been telling people, this is nothing but the the road to communism. Oh, come on now. That will never happen here. I guess unless you live in a, a household where you've been told day after day of your entire life, people are not going to be able to get it until it hits them in the face, Mark. They aren't. Uh, in fact, I think what was the eye opener for people was when the churches closed, schools closed all overnight, and we were told it was only for two weeks. But not Hollywood. Weeks, they, yeah. Good. No, but not Hollywood. They made me look at Newsom the other day. Somebody asked him from the left, MSNBC asked him, why did you close churches but not Hollywood? He didn't know what to answer. Yes. And that was the thing. And all the exemptions occurred. Keep in mind what the other thing that the establishment and ruling class loved about the lockdowns, greatest transfer of wealth from poor and middle class to the wealthy. And in fact, Gavin Newsom, who was just who you mentioned, was asked about how Hollywood he's bragged. How, how about the California economy? He's like, what are you talking about? Our economy is booming. We've created more billionaires than any other state in the shortest amount of time. He literally said that. Like he was proud of the fact of this massive wealth transfer. It's almost identical. You can look how much money poor middle class lost and how much money the billionaire class gained. And it was almost an exact dollar figure. I mean, I have this in the book and I have this in my presentations. It's incredible how the, the, just the, it was a complete perfect sink of, uh, of that linking. And so all sorts of exemptions. In fact, that's an important point, the Hollywood point, because the unelected bureaucrats and the public health officials and the executives who were making these decisions and the corporate media who were pushing it, none of them were affected by these lockdowns. They were the laptop class. This was a controlled demolition of our economy. They got bonuses, raised, still got a paycheck, but it was the middle class and it was the working class, blue collar, whatever you want to call it, who got hammered the worst with everything closed, all sources of income. And this was the greatest acceleration of what the progressives had wanted to do for decades. And what was that they wanted to do? 
very simply, they wanted to get the guaranteed annual income or universal basic income, UBI, into popular perception and acceptance. And guess what? Under a Republican president, Donald Trump, we got our first version of the UBI on a federal level. Basically, the government shut everything down. You can't make money. Billionaires are raiding and robbing and consolidating and centralization of power and wealth. But hey, we're going to send you COVID relief check in the thousands. It's like getting a lottery ticket in the mail. And that's how you calm people down. And that's how they did it. Um, and I say it was Donald Trump's greatest blunder of any president, not Donald Trump's, but the greatest blunder of any president in the last 50 years was him signing the COVID emergency declaration and agreeing to the two weeks to flatten the curve. The lowest point of the Trump administration was none other than his top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, who, by the way, also bragged that he derailed the, the only pushback to the United Nations climate report ever was Donald Trump had okayed a climate commission coming from the United States government that would have featured two dozen top scientists, including by Nobel Prize winners, Harvard, MIT. The first official pushback to the United Nations climate report, Larry Kudlow told me publicly that he bragged to me that he killed that. Anyway, Larry Kudlow in April of 2020, and I have this in my book, went on, I think it was CNBC, and he said they were, he was asked, when is the economy going to open back up? Remember, we were now like five weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. And his answer was, I don't have an answer for that. You got to talk to the doctors about that, the medical community. It was the president of the United States, a conservative Republican president, it, with his top economic advisor on, on TV saying that they've seeded the United States economy over to Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci. I couldn't in April of 2020, I couldn't believe it. And now in 2023, I still can't believe it. And no one's called anyone to, to attack, to, uh, you know, to account for this. The reason I can't support Donald Trump for president is this very reason. He was one of my, again, like Vivek Ramaswamy, he was the, probably the great, easily the greatest president of the 21st century. But when he recently First of all, he did the Operation Warp Speed, which rushed the vaccine through and then suppressed other treatments like ivermectin or any other host of things, Gave, which ended up giving uh, pharmacists. You could go to CVS. My doctor prescribed me this. Well, we decided at CVS that we're following CDC. We won't give you your medicine. I mean, in my lifetime, never had I ever even conceived of that happening. So Donald Trump, I'm sorry to turn this into a Trump bashing, but it's important because this is important. He, in the last month maybe two months, has multiple times, including up to two weeks ago, said that New York handled COVID better than Florida and uh, that DeSantis did a terrible job. And, and, and Governor Andrew Cuomo is so excited, the former governor, he's been out on Twitter praising Donald Trump and the media is loving it. This is the problem. Donald Trump has never owned up to any of his role in any of this. And that's my biggest problem. So this is what leads people to want to support RFK Jr. or certainly Vivek Ramaswamy. To me, DeSantis has faded. So anyway, I didn't mean to turn this into a partisan political thing, but I just wanted to bring that up. No, that's okay, because I wanted to ask you those questions, those very questions. I wanted to ask you if you think he was duped. Um, I have so many things to unpack. I just re recently wrote an article titled, A Lesson for the Rest of the World, The Untold Success of Sweden's Anti-Lockdown Strategy. And I quote Trump there, because Trump demonized Sweden when they were doing what they were doing, which is what we were supposed to be doing here. But do you think Trump was duped and what we now see, you know, public health Let's call it Public Health, Inc. And by the way, I've been told that COVID was supposed to be called 
COVID-16. And because Hillary didn't win, they had to delay it until 2019 in order to bring the mail-in ballots and all those things. It was Fauci, who had a slip of the tongue once, who said, well, COVID-16, I mean, uh, 19. Do you lend credence to that? (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.